Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Compliance Expert Radio Show, your source for the latest information on corporate governance, internal audit, stocks and risk management services. With in-depth interviews, discussions, and insights from leading experts. Hosted by Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum. This is the Compliance Expert Radio Show. And now, here is your host, Sonia Luna. Hi. I'm Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, a GRC and compliance consulting firm headquartered in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm also a speaker and writer on topics like corporate governance, COSO 2013, enterprise risk management, SOX 404, quality assessment reviews, and related topics. My guest today is a longtime friend and colleague, Carla Sasser. We'll be discussing her new book, I love this title, Freaking Bean Counters, Navigating the BS Infested Cubicles, because you know they are, of the Accounting Department. I love that title. <laughs> Carla is an accomplished internal auditor, but check this out. She's a CPA, CIA, and of course now a new author with more than 20 years of experience in information technology and accounting. Her areas of expertise include Sarbanes-Oxley compliance, corporate governance, enterprise risk services, and IT auditing. Carla has a bachelor's in business administration and a master's coaching in information technology. Welcome, Carla. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's one of the best shows on the planet right now, Carla, and I'm so excited to have you on it. <laughs> Today we're going to discuss your new book, and I, I know that both uh, you know accounting and IT professionals will gain a lot of value from your perspective on how to better communicate with each other. It's like opposites attracting. How do, how should they communicate? So let's get started. Share with with us, our listeners, really the the inspiration to write the book, right? And how did you come up with that title? Well, Sonia, I have really worked with many IT professionals as both accounting management, trying to get systems implemented and support for systems that we are using, and also as an internal auditor, you know, working with audits and compliance efforts. Many of these interactions were so frustrating and adversarial that a lot of times my staff and I would come up with, with workarounds so we wouldn't even have to bother the IT guys. And then during a period of, yeah, yeah, during a period of transition in my life, I decided to pursue a master's degree in IT. Um, technology has always been an interest of mine. As part yeah, of it's, been, it's been something that you've been doing um, professionally as well as part of your CIA, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, and then as as part of that discipline, I was required to take an accounting class. 
after much begging and pleading with the administration to waive the requirement for me, I ended up enrolling in the class. And it was a typical accounting class that taught how to write journal entries, classify and record transactions, and, of course, preparing financial statements, stuff I already knew, and all of which is totally useless to the IT professional. Mm-hmm. However, that class was a true learning experience. When it was over, I realized that the real IT professionals did not learn one thing I needed them to know to properly support me as an accountant or an auditor. And then the book title. You know, as, as I was working, uh, my my working title was Accounting Companion for the IT Professional. But my illustrator, Gary, thought it was, well, a little too dull, but he actually said boring. <laughs> I knew I was writing a book for a target audience that really does not care for accountants or auditors, and currently they have just a tell-me-what-you-want-so-you'll-go-away attitude. As I considered Gary's illustrations, especially the one with the computer tossing the bean counter into the wood wood chipper, I had to agree. After college, my first boss had called me the friggin' bean counter, and that seemed to capture the attitude of the book. For the subtitle, I have to thank many IT professionals over the years who, in their frustration, have told me that socks is BS. Some of them even think bean counters make it up just so we can make their lives miserable. It it's one of those uh uh necessary pains I guess at the accounting department, right? It's it's a cost center, little value, um, and we're just here to really to make your lives miserable to, especially to the IT department, especially on those requests right. for special reports, <laughs> any change management requests. Uh, don't get Absolutely. me started on help ticket issues. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you spoke about workarounds, and Excel is such a big mm-hmm. workaround for a lot of accounting departments because mm-hmm. talking or trying to communicate with the IT professional um, gets more and more difficult sometimes because they don't understand, let's say, um, segregation of duties would be a little bit too broad of a term, but it, it, they don't understand, let's say, the... Um, business unit need, and and sometimes that that would change because, let's say, the business model changed or the customer dynamic has changed. And so IT just sees it as, well, wait a minute, I just gave this to you last year, and now you're twerking this again, and it's really the same thing but just in a different format. Why why does accounting think that way? Right. And, And, yeah. Exactly. And and I do believe that some problems are just more of a, a, a communication problem rather than a you know um, a detrimental you know um, problem that's a, a deal breaker. But tell me something: why why don't accounting and IT always understand each other? And and how did their turbulent relationship even start? Right. Um. Well, after that accounting class, I started researching the different types of computer science, software engineering, and other IT credentials that are out there today. When I actually looked at undergrad requirements for computer majors at, you know, a few selected universities, I noticed that none required any business classes. And... Mm -hmm. 
let's face it, when IT majors graduate, what are they doing? They are placed in a role of supporting a business, either by developing applications, uh, implementing networks, or just supporting daily activities such as help desks. And a, a couple months ago, I met with the dean and the senior director of my alma mater, and they confirmed that IT majors do not get any business education unless they are pursuing a master's degree. And, well, I had firsthand experience on how that goes. Um, accounting grads receive some computer education, but but it is primarily in using and navigating productivity tools such as Excel or SAP. They really don't understand computer networking, application development, or even how a lot of times computers work. Mm -hmm. And to compound the problem, both IT and accounting are full of industry-specific jargons. Each group assumes the other knows what they are talking about, and, you know, for fear of looking unqualified, nobody speaks up and says to the other, I don't understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Or what, what was that acronym again? I'm sorry. That no one wants to be the first to admit that they don't understand what uh -huh. GUI is. or <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Or UAT, which I'm going to use later. Yes. Yes, and, and it's it's like, it, so some of it, it sounds like, is a, just a lack of, um, you know, an educational um, background, right? So the universities right. have a little bit of blame. And then I would Absolutely. venture to guess that some of it is, is just business um, in general. Some organizations are very inclusive when they come up with, let's let's say, the, you know, finance committee that's going to upgrade the accounting package, right? Let's make sure we have IT in the room. Right. Um, right. Some, some leaders, you know, in organizations get it. They they need ha need to have key stakeholders in those decisions, right. and they they want that communication uh, to happen. But um, my guess, sometimes when I've seen, especially like ERP package uh, implementations go wrong, is they'll invite IT and and you know the finance are, are they're there, but. Um, you know, goal setting and being committed to the goals, um, add, adding the right resources, setting realistic due dates, um, those sometimes are the key factors of miscommunication and and leads me into my other question to you, which is project failures. Okay, so why is it that IT project failure rates are so high and what are some key ways that the accounting, you know, can help IT projects become just better successes? That is a great question. Reasons behind project failures. Are, are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I just yeah. got a weird sound on my end. Okay. Um. My research indicates that the primary reasons are areas that really both accountants and auditors are well-versed in. There are three I want to discuss and ways accountants and internal auditors can help. The first is there is a failure to understand and document project objectives or the why behind the what into a clear and concise term so that the project clearly meets the needs of the company and aligns with its goals and objectives. 
well, both you and I know that the whole purpose behind an internal audit function is to act as an independent, objective consulting activity designed to add value, improve operations to ensure organizational objectives are met. Internal auditors are also well-versed in determining the why behind the what. When issues are identified during the audit process, internal auditors do a root cause analysis beginning with asking the five whys. And if anyone on the audience has been on the receiving end of those five whys, they know how annoying they can really be, but they are extremely effective in determining the why behind the what. Mm -hmm. The next failure is um, identifying the right level of effective project oversight and a failure to identify all project stakeholders. These failures are directly a result of poor governance. And we know that one of the major requirements of Sarbanes-Oxley is to ensure that there is proper corporate governance. Mm -hmm. All companies with internal audit functions are constantly being evaluated for proper governance practices. And this skill set can be easily applied to project oversight. Probably the most overlooked stakeholder in any project development plan is the accounting department. They are not only accounting for the project cost, but inevitably they will be relying on the project outputs for some sort of reporting. And generally accountants are not brought into the project until the UAT phase. Mm -hmm. um, every Every employee in an organization is going to interact with accounting and internal audit at some point. Internal audit is in a unique position to look at the company as a whole and basically has hands-on knowledge of who does what within the company, and many times it's not who you think it is. Yeah. Accountants are... Yeah, accountants are working with management at all levels to discuss operational results. Even the accounts payable clerks are chasing down approvals and have first-hand knowledge of the who's and a lot of times the why's. And then the last point I want to discuss is the failure to form formally define the scope of the project, which leaves the requirements open to interpretation. This failure leads to scope creep and the risk of the finished project not aligning with the original project plan. Mm -hmm. And we all know internal auditors are well-versed in identifying project scopes and mitigating the risk of scope creep, and they do that by always asking why. Why are we adding requirements to the project? If the outputs of the project are X, then why wasn't X clearly defined in the beginning? And then if these new requirements are necessary, why weren't they included in the original plan? Yeah, and why why brought up at that point um, sometimes during post-implementation <laughs> so new requirements keep popping up. You're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, why? And, and some of it is because um, lack of, uh, let's say, knowledge of what the output would actually look like. And that's okay right. to make 
let's say you're building the house and someone says they're going to give you options for your countertop and your cabinets, et cetera, and you you could think you'll you'll pick the piece of wood or what ha- or the type of countertop, but until it's installed and it it's in your house, you really know what it looks like. But right. at some point, you know, if it doesn't look right, um, you know, now you have to weigh the cost benefit of okay, am I going to yank this thing out or am I going to put something different in or just live with it and you know uh, customize it and and with implementations like you said these why questions are very critical because, um, yes, there's going to be a lot of meeting time to, to to be had when you're in the implementation phase or at least the uh, statement of work phase. And some people give up because they're so exhausted because they're like, oh, we're having this meeting again. Um, right. And it's because it, it could be a lot of factors, but some of those factors are just the leadership team in general doing the implementation and really understanding the needs of the business and getting those key stakeholders uh, involved from the very right. beginning and, and making them accountable, you know. So when people come to the meeting, they're prepared for the meeting, not not getting ready for the meeting or barely opening opening up their packet the day mm-hmm. of the meeting, you know, that they're accountable to bringing ideas. They've read through the materials and they're everybody's ready to rock and roll and then be accountable for their input, not, not from a, you know, like, oh, you're going to get fired for this, but accountable that, okay, you understand that this is a critical report. Let's make sure before we go live that this is exactly what you really need. Right. Um, so I, I could see that, and, and maybe it's, um, you know, for IT project failures, I, I would love to see some data um, on smaller projects versus large projects because somehow, somehow I, I, my gut check tells me it's it's almost equal because it's this lack of communication and and sometimes project management that happens that you know causes these failures and and they're avoidable fa- failures. That's the other thing. It's not right. it's not like it it couldn't be fixed in the beginning. It's no these were fixable right from the get go. Exactly. So, it's crazy to me how often it happens. So what are some critical areas now that we talked about some some failures and 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 you know what what causes things not to be so successful. What are some critical areas that IT can help accounting? Okay. Um, one of the best ways is to build those interfaces between systems. Every time transactions are downloaded from one system, manipulated in Excel, and uploaded into another system, face it, the integrity of your financial reporting is being eroded. And, you know, if you're working with with your accountants on a project implementation for their use, help them understand the impacts of configuration decisions especially. For example, if they have the choice of hiding fields in the user interface, they may not necessarily know that hiding certain fields may break some processing and reporting functions. So please don't ever answer their questions with, it's your system, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, you know, speak up if you don't under, understand what they're asking you. Um, accountants and auditors can be pretty cryptic. Um, so speak up. Ask them why. Make them explain it. Don't accept vague answers like SOX doesn't allow it or SOX requires that control. 
make them explain the reasons why, and that gets them thinking as well. Mm-hmm. And gets them thinking about, is this really that material? Um, and you and I have actually seen firsthand on a mutual client where big, you know, system implementation on a new acquisition, and it was like a big rush to go live on a particular date. <laughs> and all I kept thinking is like, wait, why are we, why are we all rushing towards this? I'm, I'm still not convinced. But w- you know, when, when it's an acquisition and 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 management team just has a mindset to right. get it done, um, you know, errors happen very, very in a very short window of time that that this uh, client just needed to get something done. And sometimes it, it's like, well, wait a minute. You bought it with this type of lower-end pa- financial reporting package. You were somehow comfortable with the purchase price and buying it and the systems and the transactions. Let's make sure it's the proper alignment of everything that you've wanted before we rush into this mass implementation to a smaller entity that, that is now going to be part of a reporting, you know, publicly traded company. Right. And it was just insanity. And I thought, man, this is a great case study of what not to do. <laughs> Where IT and accounting were clearly not on the same page. Um, right. and, and and there were some political things going on. I Long hours there, right, Carla? Yes, long yes. hours. We laugh now, but it was really painful at the time. <laughs> yes, that's what that's what accounting and auditing scar scar wars look like, and stuff like that. Um, why? So let's move on to a different uh, topic about this okay. ever changing accounting rules. You know, IFRS, FASB, GAAP. So, so tell me, why should IT? know about what what should they know okay about bookkeeping gap and and all other things you know that are accounting rules right well my goal was just to raise awareness of their existence to give IT and project managers a frame of reference for why the accountants and internal auditors seem so friggin crazy a lot of the times I want both groups to have the tools to defend against project-killing objections like, you know, SOX doesn't allow it, we can't do that, and and to let them know that they do have valuable resources available to them in their accounting and internal audit departments. So project managers, if they're on a critical path and they are noticing some challenges to meeting their deadlines, you know, cutting out the coding for event logging and application controls is not the way to save the deadline. They're pretty much guaranteeing either some rework or or project failure, especially if the accountants and auditors are not included in the project development until the user acceptance testing. I also want IT professionals to understand how they are both an integral part of the bookkeeping process as well as a customer of accounting. And by gaining an awareness of double-entry bookkeeping, the IT professional will understand exactly what the accounting application is supposed to do, which should make troubleshooting issues much easier. And finally near and dear to my heart, 
is I want them to have the knowledge to participate in the design of controls over the IT resources. You know, as we know, there there are more than one way to for control activities to operate. And it has been my experience that staff members that participate in the design of controls are more responsible, more engaged, and have pride of ownership in those control activities. And let's face it, they're usually much better controls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of lot more thought into it. Um, there's some redundancy sometimes, and there's also better checks and balances. There's a system component to it that, you know, once the rules or parameters are set, um, you know, unless somebody's tinker, tinkering with them after the fact, right, um, that it should just be, you know, rinse and repeat. So, Absolutely. Um, exactly. And and I do think that there's um, there should be at a, at a minimum some, you know, accounting and some more importantly business element in the IT um, programs because ultimately they get shoved into this environment where they're a support system, just like accounting is a, su- a support system to the mission statement of, of the company, right? Right. Um, Absolutely. Exactly. And and I know this has been a, a wonderful um, interview. Um, uh, I have the book myself, and, and I know that those of you listening here, this has been a fascinating interview with Carla. And I'm confident that um, after this interview, uh, most people are finally going to get an aha moment about how to better communicate between the accounting and IT departments. So for our listeners, please grab a copy of Carla's book off Amazon.com. Once again, the title is Friggin' Bean Counters, Navigating the BS-Infested Cubicles of the Accounting Department. Thank you, Carla, for coming on our radio show. Thank you for having me. Well, this is Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, signing off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.